Hi, friends, it's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai for 31 years. I'm so excited for today's show. My guest at 815 is a fantastic custom brace maker for us in orthopedic surgery. His name is John McAtee. He's been making braces for people who've had limbs amputated because of trauma, gangrene related to diabetes, or birth defects. Each brace he makes is unique for that patient. It's customized. What makes him so interesting to me is that he's now gotten into Weekend Warriors. The athletic folks who've lost a limb who still want to be running a marathon. This revolution in design has led to a brace called the Cheetah. It's a carbon fiber blade that looks nothing like your foot and ankle or a shoe even. It's a curved blade that gives it the ability to flex this carbon fiber blade where you don't even try to look like a foot, an ankle, or a shoe. But this revolution in design actually lets you run a marathon. And what John McAtee told me when I visited him and his workshop in Ventura, when you make this for a person who's had an amputation, you actually have to make this device longer than his limb is. So actually, when you just stand there with this thing on, you're cockeyed. But only when you start running and your stride from running, does it actually feel equal because you need a longer limb when you make that stride. You talk about customization. That's what he does for a living. And he's been doing it for 40 years. He'll be my guest at 815, and I cannot wait to get into the revolution in design for people to get their life back, even though they've needed their leg amputated. Really looking forward to it. So all week long, you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, and the world of surgery. I want to know, where do we see this ability to customize uniquely in art, in sports, and in surgery? Well, in art, The greatest customizer in my lifetime was a man named George Barris. He designed the Batmobile that Adam West and Burt Ward used in the TV show from 1966 to 1968. Big influence on my life. It recently sold at auction for $4.2 million. 
You can argue it's the most famous custom car ever made. He's, George Barris is so creative that when the folks at NASA decide that we want to send a spaceship to Mars and ride around on the surface of Mars, remember it was called the Mars Rover. Guess who designed the Mars Rover? Thank you very much. The guy who made the Batmobile, George Barris. I can't wait for you to hear the history of this man. It's just beautiful. In sports, the greatest customizer I've seen comes from the world of college football. He's a coach, and his name was Urban, is Urban Meyer. He's 56 years old. Unlike other coaches who tell the young college student, hey, this is my system. This is what you're going to do to blend and fit into my system. Not Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is so special at looking at who his players are and building the offense around them. Why is he so special? Because in 2006 and 2008, while he was the coach at the University of Florida, his quarterback was Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow tried to make a career in the National Football League. He won the Heisman Trophy. He won two college football championships. And every scout and every coach in the NFL said, this guy can't throw the football accurately. How the hell did he become a Heisman Trophy winner and beat everybody else for two years in college if he can't throw the football? And he's the quarterback. It's because his coach, Urban Meyer, customized the world around him that allowed him to succeed. Wait till you hear all these years later, the two of them sitting down, and you'll get a glimpse into what customizing in coaching, in sports, is really all about. And in surgery, maybe you saw the movie Bad Santa, you know, the little guy in the movie. I did both his hips. I can say that because he's given me permission. Tony Cox. His hips are so uniquely small, they don't make an implant that is that small. So I made him get a CAT scan and use that CAT scan to build a custom implant because I built his anatomy from the CAT scan and the engineers were then able to make a special small prosthesis that fit him perfectly. And you've heard me talk about Will Chamberlain, seven foot one, did his hip surgery as well and did the same thing. And I'll talk more about customizing in, in, in my world of surgery, but it is one of the most fascinating subjects. Clapper Vision, the clinic will be open. The number's 877-710-ESPN. Oh my God, was I busy this whole week. Shoulder replacements, hip replacements, knee replacements. Impressive. And I got to tell you how I bone grafted a really bad hip. Where I got the bone from to fill in these giant holes that took place inside this person's bone. Clapper vision. But Clapper vision I want to talk about is with the L.A. Chargers center, Mike Pouncey, who's going to be out for the season because he's going to need hip surgery yet again. He missed most of the season in 2016 when both his hips were operated on, but he's going to need another operation on his hip. So he's out for the season. You're going to need a clap revision 
for what happens to young athletic hips. And it'll involve going to a surf shop to get a pair of flip-flops, but they're not for the correct size. If your foot is a size 10 and they're all out of size 10 flip-flops and you're forced to wear a size eight flip-flop, your heel is gonna hang off the end of that flip-flop. Well, that's exactly what happens in hips and young people who get early damage to their labrum, to their cartilage. And I'll get into it a little bit later in the show. We'll do some clap revision. But let's get right into today's show. Steve Paulette is with me. I'm so excited. Steve, let's first hear a little music. Let's hear the theme from Batman, 1966 to 1968. That show changed my life. Love the lyrics in this song. There's only one word. It's Batman. Batman. <laughs> Don't you love a song that only has one word? <laughs> Dr. Clapper. All right. Dr. Clapper. It was such a Dr. great Clapper. show for me Dr. as a nine-year-old. Just watching this show, imagining what's going on. But you got to remember, in 1966, we don't have the computer. We don't have any way to put a car together and customize it. But we have George Barris. Remember the fire that comes out of the back of that Batmobile? You think it's like a rocket. It's actually a kerosene lamp making a fire with a fan behind it, making it look like it's one of those F-16 fighter jets. Everything he did was an illusion. George Barris, a genius. Let's listen to what he did with the Batmobile. Let's go to number one, Steve Paulette. My name is George Barris, and I'm here with probably the world's most famous automobile. Without a doubt, still number one, after many, many decades, the famous television 1966 Batmobile. I'm proud to say that I was the designer and original builder of this automobile for a great television show with Dozier at 20th Century Fox called Batman. Dozier was the producer. Let's go to number two. We had three weeks. When Dozier came to me with Bob Kane and Adam West, they said, what can you give us for the 20th century in 1966? And with Dozier's concept of Batman with the pow and the bang and the wow, I had a bing a car that would also go with the bings and the bangs and the same thing. We had to have rocket tubes. We had to have gas knobs. We had to have seat injectors. Also, to catch the Joker. We threw some oil out there so he would skid out. To catch the Briddler, we throw some nails out so it puncture his tires. Just to give you an idea of the crime-fighting implements that we had in the 60s compared to now in the year 2000. The original cartoon had a car that Bob Kane, the creator of Batman, made, but it pretty much was a car with a Batman sign on it. George Barris wanted to make the car a star as well, and he succeeded. Number three. Bob Kane had a Batman car way back in the 40s when he created the comic strip with a bat face cut out on the front of a Lincoln Zephyr. I said, I want to incorporate the bat features into the car, not just a plaque stuck onto it. 
So I made the, the ears into the fenders. I made the lights become the headlights. I made the nose become the chain slicer. The grill extended out and it became part of the front end. Then from there it flowed on back where I had the 15 foot bat fin fingers in the back. Mm. You're going to hear John McAtee talk about how to make a brace more athletic. Well, listen to what George Barris did with the Batmobile to make Batman and Robin seem more athletic. He locked the doors. They had to jump in and out of the car. Genius idea, because he's thinking about customizing this car perfectly. Number four. The double bubble we had for both Adam and Burt Ward. I locked the doors shut and I made Burt and Adam both jump over the doors and into the fenders so that they get inside the car. Just to give you an idea of something, again, different. Made them very athletic. That means they were really the crime fighters. We had to incorporate the injector seats so that if somebody went to steal the car, they had the wrong key, the wrong word, and then they would push the wrong buttons and we would just shoot them right out of the car. Mm. Just listen to the creativity bubbling out of this guy. Number five. Of course, we elevated them with cables. Everything had to work because we didn't have the electronics and the computers and the special effects that give you illusion on the screens like you do today. We had to make them actually operate that when you see the smoke, it was smoke. You seen the burner coming out of the back? Well, we didn't have the big force, great flames. We used kerosene, an igniter, and a fan to blow out the exhaust flames. <laughs> God, who is George Barris? How did this all get started? How do you become a customizer? Why did John McAtee decide to become a brace maker? It always starts with a spark. You never know when your life is going to change and you're going to find that calling. What do they say? You want to have a happy life? Find the gift God gave you and share it with the world. Well, George Barris found his gift. At age three, his mom died. His dad didn't know what to do with his, him and his brother. So they, he sent them from Chicago, Greek immigrants, to live with an uncle in California and work in the Greek restaurant. George Barris worked in the Greek restaurant, but he wasn't going to stay there. Listen to his story. Number six. I completed my first custom, which was a 1925 hand-me-down Buick from my parents. And I was able to do all the different customizing events, putting doorknobs in the grill and, and uh, foxtails and hubcaps and, uh, in fact, uh, old household paint from, the, from a hardware store. But when I drove into school, it was kind of a very unique feeling because this is the first time that anybody in our classes or even the school board was able to see a car customized. That means changed from what it was stock to what I created from that car. Mm, number seven. And of course doing everything by hand and through my mind at 13 years old of what I liked, what I enjoyed. And the big feeling extended through the kids that were at school, because when they saw what I did, they said, wow, look what Barris did to that old Buick. He made it into a new Buick or a custom Buick. So these are one of the thrills that I had that made me feel that this is the road that I wanted to take with any kind of wheels for the rest of my life. Until 1957 comes, 
and he loses it all. His whole life that he has planned out literally blows up in smoke. Number eight. 1957, and I got a phone call from a, one of the police department guys who worked for me. He said, George, your building is burning. Now, Shirley and I, we went ahead and we thought there was a joke called back to the police department. They said, yes, George, your building is burning. So Shirley and I run down there and of course it was burning. We lost 15 cars, Archie Moore, Jane Mansfield, President Richfield. My whole life was there. Mm. But his wife wouldn't let him quit, number nine. And I said, I quit, Shirley. I'm not going to go through this anymore. We lost everything except it stopped. The fire stopped at one little building that I had one car in, and that was the Alicart. Shirley said, you're going to stay. The Alicart was owned by Richard Peters from Fresno, an Armenian boy. And he said, George, you're going to stay. I said, okay, we'll finish the car. Number 10. Now, these Armenians every day drove 250 miles to help me work on the Alicart, to finish the Alicart. And lo and behold, we won. Number one Grand National Roadster in history that won that show. Mm. Number 12. Give me what they have. Uh, in our days, we had no tools. We had hacksaws, cutting scissors, and to create designs, it was not through a computer. It would to photograph the car, take your scissors and cut it out. In fact, that's the way I customized the, the Munster coach. Listen to this, number 13. I, cut, I photographed a 1925 Model T, and then I took the scissors and cut it and cut it into three sections so I can make a six-door Model T. And from there, I went ahead and created T fenders that go off to the side, a cabinet in the center for Al Lewis, a piggyback in the back for Butch Patrick. All of that does was done through scissors and photographs. Today, you take that photograph and you put it into the computer and you go in different directions and you can stretch it, you can build it up, you can add parts, you can do all of that, which is what my son and my grandson does for me now. Mm. And finally, you heard how he lost everything in 1957, but he hung in there, he hung in there with the gift that God gave him to see the customization in life. And you know what happens when you hang in there, when you think you've lost everything? Listen, Steve, play number 18. Listen what happens to one of George Barris's car, the Batmobile, when it sells for auction just a few years ago for $4.2 million. Listen to that, number 18. Ladies and gentlemen, I sold the Batmobile for $4 million. $200,000! Customization in art, in sports, in surgery, in each of our lives. That's what today's show about. Coming up, I'm going to get into what it is in sports. The greatest college coach, Urban Meyer. He doesn't have a system. He customizes it 
his entire offense to who he has. It's a beautiful story in sports. And then we'll open up the clinic. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. It's an orgasmic dose of rice pudding. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You can have a whole Clapper meal there, right there, right in front of you. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles ladies. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. From the Munsters. And you know who built that car. The greatest car customizer of all time. The great George Barris. Using just a photograph and a pair of scissors. Incredible. To simplify things. You know, as part of being in the Weekend Warrior Nation, all of you are my little uh, disciples out there in your family giving people help and trying to make a diagnosis. Today, I actually would love to teach you all how to figure out by an exam how you can make your own diagnosis that your rotator cuff is in trouble. You know, just having shoulder pain doesn't necessarily mean it's from your shoulder. A pinched nerve in your neck can cause vicious shoulder pain. How could you self-diagnose that it's your rotator cuff and not your neck? I'll open the clinic in the next segment, and we'll get into it. But the number is 877-710-ESPN. If you've got a shoulder problem, it'll be ripe to talk about as a topic. But I definitely want to talk about customizing in the world of sports. 2006 and 2008, the University of Florida won the championship. Their quarterback, Tim Tebow, could not make it in the National Football League because of the mechanics of how he threw a football. He did not have the accuracy that you really need. Well, how can you be the star quarterback in college so good that you win a Heisman Trophy and yet you don't have the mechanics to throw a football? You've got to have a coach that looks at what it is that you do that's special, and then build a team around it. Maybe you can run the football. Maybe you can hand the football off. Maybe you can just toss for short yardage, five yards, 10 yards. Whatever you got to do with this guy that you have, that's how you'll succeed. What do you want to do? Just cry that you don't have a talented quarterback and that's why you're going to lose? and make excuses like most coaches do, the good ones say, let me see the hand I've been dealt and make the best out of it, which is an amazing metaphor for life. Listen, every morning I get up, I look in the mirror, I go, please, this morning, will I look like George Clooney? Can I look like Brad Pitt? And every morning I get up, I look in the mirror, guess what, it's Robbie Clapper, what can I do? That's why I have a face for radio. Dr. Clapper. What are you going to do about that? You ain't George Clooney and you ain't Brad Pitt. But what do they say? In this world, you may be just one person. But to one person, 
you may be the world. You need to take that upon yourself and ignore what the mirror looks like and be of substance, not just what the surface is. Let's listen to Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer all these years later sitting down with Reese Davis, College Football Today. They're reunited, but they get to talk about their success in the past in college football. And you'll listen to Coach Urban Meyer try to deflect, nah, I really didn't do that. I really, and you have Tim Tebow there saying, listen, Coach, I even think you made up stuff to motivate us, to make each one of us special, uniquely. You customized every one of your players. Let's go to Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer, number one. Tim Tebow, along with Chris Sleek against Ohio State, leading the Gators to a resounding, emphatic victory over a favorite Ohio State team, the first of two national championships that Urban and Tim won together at Florida, and they join us now here, reliving some old times. Guys, thanks a lot for being with us. Of course, Urban added the national championship with the Buckeyes last year. So, Urban, you've been on both sides of this, hunter and hunted in the whole SEC matchup. How does a coach use it? How does it play into what happens on the field? And here he starts to try to double speak, coach speak, as Keyshawn Johnson would say. He's trying to talk like a coach. Oh, I don't really do much, bop, bop, bop. But meantime, he's got a star quarterback sitting right next to him going, just hold on a minute. <laughs> Number two. It really doesn't. I mean, if uh, we, we used it a little bit last year. Uh, <laughs> you know, anytime you can uh, use any little piece of motivation for your team, you'll do that in 06. We were the underdog. Everybody said we didn't belong, and we beat that to death. Then in 08, we had, uh, we had one of the best teams in college football history. And then uh, last year, we kind of snuck in, and we used it as well. So we'll use anything we possibly can. Here you're going to hear Tim Tebow say, are you kidding me? You even made up stuff to motivate us, each and every one of us. Number three. Yeah, Coach will say it doesn't matter, but he uses it nonstop. I remember in two thousand. I remember two thousand six. We had a whole wall data, dedicated to how disrespected we were, and shoot, there were a lot of Kirk Herbstreit up there, and he loved it. And I'm not sure it was all what Kirk said. I think you made up half of it. But I know for us as players. We didn't want to just win. We wanted to physically impose our will on Ohio State because we felt disrespected. You talked to Brandon Seiler, Marcus Thomas, all of those defensive linemen, they wanted to impose their will on Troy Smith and on the running game of Ohio State because they heard it for 42 days. I love Tim Tebow. Here you're going to hear him tell a story where the play has already been called by the coach and he calls back to the sidelines and says, no, coach. I want to run it my way. And Urban Meyer lets him. Urban Meyer gives him that customization. Number four. And for us, when it was fourth and one, I was in the background yelling at him to give me the ball on fourth and one because we wanted to impose our will. And the offensive line wanted to show that we are the more physical, the dominant team. You so can't tell me that didn't play in you it. Try to give them something. It depends who you're coaching. <laughs> right? I got this. Whatever you can for them to sink their teeth into and motivate. And we did. Did you hear him say that? It depends on who you're coaching. That's a customizer. That's a George Barris in art. That's a John McAtee in, in surgery, customizing a brace. That's Urban Meyer customizing his play calling to depending on who you're coaching. 
Each player responds differently, Reese Davis says. Number five. Yeah, there are some guys who react the way you did and the way a lot of guys do. There are the guys who are like, yeah, 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 just tell me, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Let me get in shape and get ready to do the job. What about on the other side of it when you come in and there are expectations, as you had in 2008, to win a championship? Well, finally, number six. Well, we didn't have it to start the year, but as the season progressed, we started blowing teams out. Mm -hmm. And we used that as a much different uh, uh, mindset than we had in 06. 06, we're the underdog. We wanted, I wanted our players to feel disrespected. In 08, I wanted them to feel like they could go down as one of the greatest teams in college football history. A very confident team, a very loaded team, and a team that uh, uh, believed in each other. So it's a much different mindset. He's so good at customizing, but it, it comes from knowing the details. You heard George Barris talk about every single rivet and bolt that he put into that Batmobile. The level of detail, the passion for his work is what allows you to customize things in everything in life. And what makes Urban Meyer so special as a coach is that he sees his players and the depth of the players. It's not just the pretty face on the surface. It's what's behind that surface. When Tim Tebow graduated, they had a news conference and Urban Meyer was there. And they asked him, tell us about Tim Tebow, Urban Meyer. He literally starts crying during this. He has to stop himself. But I've selected out the portion of the speech that lets you hear why he's able to make Tim Tebow a star because he sees more than a quarterback. These other coaches, every other coach he's ever dealt with, except maybe Josh uh, McAndrew, whatever his name is, for the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, who was the coach in Denver when he was a pro, who really did get Josh McDaniel, who got the most out of him, but nobody got the most out of Tim Tebow. Then Urban Meyer, because Urban Meyer saw his strengths as a human being. That's what allowed him to customize his offense around him. Let's listen to number seven. The one thing about Tim is the unselfishness and his mission uh, outside of college football is unparalleled as far as I'm concerned. And the impact he's made, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like selflessness is now a cool thing. It's like, uh, you know, kids uh, realizing to give back and to... If you can brighten someone's day, you do it. And I think that's the impact he's made on his team is phenomenal. Mm. You can hear it in his voice. Coming up next, I'd love to, to teach you, Weekend Warriors, how to self-diagnose trouble. In your knee, how could you determine whether you've torn your meniscus? In your shoulder, how can you determine on your own that it's your rotator cuff that's involved? Coming up next, I'm going to teach you. And if you do have a knee or a shoulder, you can certainly call and join the clinic. But I definitely want to self-teach you how to self-diagnose. The number is 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. 
You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Achtung, baby. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I love altacocaritis. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Listen to my story about a man named Chad, a poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the theme to the Beverly Hillbillies. Why is Steve Paulette playing that? Because that jalopy hillbilly truck was made by George Barris, the car customizer. And that's today's topic. And the metaphor for your own life is rich and deep. I want to teach you how to self-examine yourself and self-diagnose. But let's do some uh, Weekend Warrior clap revisions. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Michael. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, how's it going? How are you, Michael? How old are you? What do you do for a living? Well, I do like a whole bunch of things. <laughs> I'm a handyman. <laughs> I coach soccer. I DJ weddings. So wow. I do a, do a lot of things. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Upland. In Upland. And what did your dad do for a living? Uh, my father was a professional hockey player. Really? Yeah, he, most of his time he uh, played for the Rochester Americans, uh, and he got a couple couple calls up to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, how exciting! Did your mom yeah. work? Uh, my mom was a nurse in the beginning, and then she became a travel agent. Now she's retired. And they still live in Upland. Uh, my parents live in Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, before you became this handyman, what did you do for a living then? Um, I've pretty much been in outside sales. And personally, I played professional soccer way before the MLS came around in America. Oh, so you're in LA, LA salsa. <laughs> <laughs> you're a true weekend warrior, Michael. It's my pleasure uh, to help you. So my question is, uh, once again, I... Uh, I'm, I played water polo in high school. I was a Marine. As I said, I was also a professional goalie. And, I mean, I got bad hips and wrists and no finger goes the right direction, you know, from, from being a goalie my whole life. But wow. the other day I was swimming, and when you're underwater, I hear all the cracking, which I know is arthritis. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked in the mirror, and on my left shoulder, there is a bump. I, I don't know if it's the bone or not, because the right shoulder, that little bone right on top, right next to your neck, that one's fine. But the one on the left is getting big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay. It doesn't do you, hurt or anything. But, do you listen you know, to the show? All the time. All you know time what Clapper Vision is. Your show. <laughs> all right. Thank you. You know what Clapper Vision is then, right? Yes. So this will be something right up your alley as a handyman because you, you will totally understand the mechanics of what I'm about to, to teach you. Let's pretend you have a camera. I don't mean on your phone, but the old days of a Nikon camera. And you are at the stadium and you're a, you're a photographer and you'd yeah. like to stand behind home plate while Mike Trout is at, the, is at the plate. So you take your Nikon camera and you put it on a tripod. 
And the beauty of that is it's going to be totally still because it's resting on those three legs. And you can then just snap the pictures and have beautiful pictures of Mike Trout because you're standing behind him, behind the catcher, hitting line drives for singles and doubles. Okay? Mm -hmm. If he hits the ball a little bit higher, you know that the camera attaching to the tripod tripod can rotate a little bit so that you can actually photograph some of those balls that go over the second baseman's head into the outfield. You, you got a little bit of play to rotate the camera, correct? Okay, got it. What if Mike Trout, God bless him, my favorite baseball player since Mickey Mantle, what <laughs> if Mike Trout all of a sudden connects with a pitch and he hits that ball up and over the stadium and he's launching it literally out of the stadium which only he can do that the arc of that ball goes so high well guess what you understand that the limit of that nikon camera on the tripod can only go so far it can't follow that ball as you're trying to photograph it with that launching arc over the stadium so what do you do if you still want to take a picture of that ball going over the roof of the stadium? You will tilt the entire tripod with the camera connected to it on its heels, right? You'll, you'll move the whole tripod with the camera backwards off the ground to keep photographing that ball. Capiche? Okay. I'm here to tell you, Mike, the ball and socket joint of your shoulder, the socket's called the glenoid, the humeral head is the ball. That connection of your ball and socket in your shoulder is just like the camera on a tripod. It has a little bit of play. The movement that your shoulder can make is from you touching the side of your thigh and lifting your arm out to the side, okay? Abduction okay. of 90 degrees, like Jesus on the cross, all right? Okay. That's the limit of the movement that comes out of the ball and socket joint of your shoulder. It does not go further than that. It's just like the camera on the tripod. It, tripod. It's limited in how much you can rotate it to follow that baseball. But you know that if you want to watch that ball go over the roof of the building, you tilt the entire construct off the ground, and then you can follow that ball being launched. This is how your shoulder works. For you to go over your head with your arm, beyond 90 degrees, any overhead activity, if you feel the back of your shoulder blade you will feel it gliding over your rib cage. That's how you can do it because of that movement of the scapulothoracic joint. That, but that's the back of your shoulder. The front of your shoulder has the ability to move the entire construct, the camera on the tripod, the ball and socket joint can actually move over your shoulder by rotating the collarbone the clavicle, not at the AC joint only, but at the sternoclavicular joint. And that's the bump 
that you're seeing now because you literally are rotating the tripod on the grass. You're rotating that unit to go overhead. And here's the story. How old are you? I am 50. At 50 years old, you'd be the first to tell us you ain't 30 years old anymore, where everything's <laughs> flexible. And every, you know, you have, as we say at Cedars, some altacocaritis. Your fingers have arthritis. Your hips have arthritis. I should give you, like the airlines, a frequent flyer card because you're going to need it because everything is breaking down. And one of the joints that is breaking down is the sternoclavicular joint. And that's what that bump is. Here's what I'm going to tell you, though, Mike. Don't let any doctor talk you into a cortisone shot, a stem cell shot, a synvis shot. I don't want any needles going into that joint. And here's the other thing I'm gonna tell you, Mike. I don't want anyone talking you into surgery on that joint because what lives underneath that portion of the clavicle and that joint is the subclavian artery. Yeah, cosmetically, you may not like the bump. Trust me, I'm pretty sure you don't look like Brad Pitt or George Clooney like I don't. So you may be, I'm sure you're a better looking guy than me. But the bottom line is, God made you have a bump right now and enjoy your life. There is no consequence to that bump of pain, of problems in the future. Now, you're on the radio. I'm not meeting you. I'm just talking to you, which is my pleasure. But still, you should have an x-ray and probably a CAT scan of that area just to confirm what I'm telling you, all right? So this can't okay. be it for you and me. This has to be looked at. I'm not nervous because this is what I do for 31 years and 100 patients a week for 31 years. <laughs> but I still want that information. I want the okay. due diligence, if you will. And, and it's, so as long as you understand that, but please don't worry, but get it checked out, but I'm not worried. Does that make any sense? Oh, no. Yeah, that's the same thing with me. As I said, I, I I saw it. And as I said, even when I'm swimming, it doesn't really hurt that much right. at all, really. I mean, you can hear the cracking. And honestly, Good. when you just said when you said do the the, the cross thing, I did the, I did it when you said it. And after mm -hmm. I went, you know, level with my my shoulders going a little higher. I mean, I felt a pop. I mean, it wasn't right. like a pop where you're hurting yourself. It was old age correct and altacocoritis so. that's what it's going to turn out to be have it checked out that would be my advice and now mike i want you to do me a favor you're a total stranger i never met you and what a pleasure it is to meet you on the radio but really your quick, job quick, today quick is question. to find a total stranger yourself and do something nice for them that's how you'll be thanking me i appreciate it. one more question really quick if not possible yeah i have arthritis in both hips i've gotten the inter come, i don't come and see wrong. me there's a book i wrote with lindy Yui called heal your hips get a okay. copy I you give the money to I the homeless get that book and then come see me you win the prize you can come see me in the office just tell the girls and the arnie who answers the phone tell them i spoke to you so you don't have to wait three months you can come see me next week Hey, I appreciate Dr. Clapper, and you're a blessing, and I do appreciate everything you do and your show. Honestly, well, thank you very much for saying that. You made my day. Listen, I do it to meet people like you, Michael, and that's spiritually as well. So it'll be my pleasure to help you. And again, don't let them shoot you with cortisone. Get it checked out. Get the book and uh, find that total stranger. Thanks so much, Mike. Okay, Warriors, we're going to take a break. 
pay some bills. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You know, the problem, Steve Paulette, is all I need is one person to talk to, and there goes the whole hour. I love it. <laughs> Coming up next, my wife made a chicken sandwich for me this week. That is something you're going to have to do in this pandemic. It's the greatest chicken cutlet marinade I have ever had. And I learned it from golfer Lee Trevino. It involves Italian dressing. I'll explain. Coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I have a Beatles wig on. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. What a man LeBron James and Anthony Davis is. The celebration of Kobe Bryant's life and career is right now before us in these playoffs. God bless the squad for winning last night. And you can feel Kobe with every dribble they make down the court. Keep it up, guys. We're proud of you. We're proud Laker fans. And thanks to Dr. Jerry Buss for making it all happen. All right, the number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's do one other call before we head out to the next uh, hour. Uh, let's go to Barstow. Steven in Barstow, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, Dr. Clapper. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, you know, Steven, I've been to Barstow. It was to be an expert in a big court case. I was the orthopedic expert. They said, you got to go to Barstow. I go, I have no idea where that is. Where is it? And they tell me, I drive out there, it was in the summer, 130 degrees, when they say you can cook an egg on the asphalt, oh, my God, I got out of my car and I said, I think I could cook an egg on this asphalt. God bless you for living in Barstow. Well, actually, I don't live in Barstow. I'm just passing through at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, then pull over to the side of the road. <laughs> How old are you? What do you do for a living? I'm sorry? How old are you and what do you do for a living? I'm 66 years old and I'm retired. What did you do? I was an executive chauffeur in Hollywood for about 18 years. Oh, wow. Boy, can you tell stories of you, who you drove around? Oh, yeah. I got a lot of stories I can tell. <laughs> Thanks for a listening to the show. Do you listen every Saturday? No, I don't listen every Saturday, but I've been listening for a long time. Uh, when Good. I was working, I would listen every Saturday, but... I, since I'm retired, I don't get up early enough. Well, you better get up, buddy. Otherwise, I ain't talking to you. Go ahead. How can I help you? <laughs> well, when, when I was working about 20 years ago, I was working and I reached into the truck of the car <clears throat> with my right hand to pull out luggage. And when I grabbed the luggage and pulled it up out of the trunk of the car, I felt a pain in the back of my right shoulder. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, I have a bump that came up right behind my shoulder. And it's a soft tissue. It's soft. It's not hard. But it's stayed and never gone away. But it's never given me any problems. And I want so, to know. Uh, so here's what I would tell you to do. 
The coincidence of that activity, pulling the, tr the, the luggage out of the trunk, leading to a fluid collection, absolutely, and it's been a while, speaks to it not being cancer, not being something scary. But you know what, Stephen? Nobody has x-ray vision. And I am totally not worried. But I don't want someone sticking a needle in there. And I want you to live happily ever after with that bump. But it's crazy for you not to know what exactly happened and what it is. A plain x-ray will not be enough. You need to get an MRI. And in this broken medical system we live in, they're going to give you a hard time. You're going to do the following. You're going to tell them, Stephen, that you got a second opinion already from Dr. Clapper. So when they give you a hard time, you tell them, hey, I already saw an orthopedic surgeon and he told me I got to have an MRI. You don't need dye injected in your shoulder, which is painful. You just need a regular MRI. Your family physician can order it or an orthopedic surgeon can order it. But you need to get it done just so that you know exactly what it is, because I suspect literally it may be the tip of an iceberg because you need to find out what you actually did to those structures that live amongst that cyst. What happened to your rotator cuff, your labrum, your biceps tendon, your articular cartilage, the AC joint? I can go through the whole list of things, but I'd love to know what the inside of your shoulder looks like. And Stephen, the best way to look in your shoulder without an operation is an MRI. So please get it done. And I will do you this favor, Stephen. You'll get it done, have the report in front of you, and I'll tell Steve Paulette when you call in, we'll go right to you and I will translate the findings with Clapper Vision so you'll understand exactly what's going on. How's that? That'll be great. I, re I appreciate it, Dr. Clapper. Okay, you'll, you're very welcome. And listen, Stephen, you're a total stranger to me. Never met you before. I want you to do me a favor. You, you find today a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me, okay? I certainly will. God bless you, Stephen, and drive safely. Maybe you'll stick around in Barstow. I'm sure there's a Chick-fil-A there, something good to eat. Anyway, thanks so much for calling. Warriors, coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories, as you know I love to. And I cannot wait till 8.15, the great John McAtee, the greatest, making braces for marathon runners who've had an amputation. He makes something called the cheetah. I cannot wait to talk to him at 8.15. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.